This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. When, when, things, when things get tense and you're watching a game and you have a strong rooting interest in it, do you kind of lean forward and you're sitting on the edge of the couch and you got your hands together like, come on, let's go. Is that going to be you tonight at, let's say, 12.10 Eastern Time, 1.15, 113 uh, in favor of the T-Wolves, 51.6 left. Will that be you tonight? No, that's not going to be me because it's not going to be a close game. And no, I no, 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 no. Why All right, but you just tell me how you is. are it's in not. those tense situations. No, it's not. I'm not going to be worried tonight. It's going to be stress-free viewing for my Lakers tonight against wow. the Minnesota Timberwolves who are shorthanded. So Will no, you go to bed stress- early? I don't know if I'm going to go to bed early. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I want to savor it. I'm, this is a part of the, the, the title journey. So I just want to embrace it. I want to enjoy every step of the way, every rung of the ladder that this team has to climb. Here's what you can count on. If this is a tight game, your phone will be buzzing off the hook. Oh, no, I'll have you I'll have you on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> Everybody else can call me except you. Everybody else will have a I won't call you. I'll be texting. Well, no, I just no, want I'll, the phone I'll, off I'll, in the I'll distance. I'll mute going. your text messages. I, I just, I want the phone sitting on that little side table next to your couch going. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're not going to disturb me. You're not going to take away from my enjoyment in watching the game tonight. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Canty, the big Lakers fan, is sitting back in a rocking chair right now, not at all concerned about tonight, and you understand why when you have no Rudy Gobert this evening, suspended for the game after the punching incident of Kyle Anderson the other day, when you have no Jaden McDaniels, who punched a wall the other day for the T-Wolves, and they are going into uh, Los Angeles tonight trying to find a way to beat the Lakers, which does admittedly seem unlikely. But with the playoffs ahead of us beginning in just a few days, there is no debating that there are teams, there are coaches, there are general managers, and there are most especially players who are under a great deal of of pressure this year to get the job done or to make a run. So Canty and I have both put together our top five players, coaches, organizations that are under pressure. So let's get right to it. Which teams were great? Breaks a tackle at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown! What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted! He couldn't hang on! This is the NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. Or maybe just the Top 5 for Canty in this instance. Didn't well, I mean, say- I, I think it just depends on how you look at it, right? Because mm. we're, we're both going to be giving Top 5s on who's under the most pressure, whether that's players, coaches, or franchises, right? Right. So let's get to it, my friend, and have at it. Here is Canty with his Top 5. Go. Okay, all right, my top five. Number five. Number five. We're going to go with the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers checking Mm. in at number five. Under the most pressure, players, coaches, and organizations included going into this postseason. Keeping it moving. 
Number four, Nikola Jokic, the reigning defending back-to-back MVP, and I guess we're going to presume that he's going to be the runner-up for MVP this year. Nikola Jokic, fourth on my under-pressure list. Number three, Doc Rivers, coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, famous or infamous, you decide, but Doc Rivers checking in at number three. Number two, the Boston Celtics. They got some huge, huge decisions to make this summer. And one of the decisions that might be made within the franchise might not be their choice. Number one, Kevin Durant. You know, the Slim Reaper, that dude shot his way out of Brooklyn. Now in Phoenix, Kevin Durant, number one, most pressure going into the postseason. All right, Canty. Here is my list under most pressure going into the postseason. Number five. I'm going to go Joe Mazzula, head coach of the Celtics. You had the Celtics on the list. I will go with their coach specifically because he got that extension at middle of the season. And now you have to sit tight because they are definitely under some big time pressure. Number four. Number four for me, Canty, Anthony Davis. He's got to carry the Lakers. We'll get more into it in a minute, but A.D., big-time pressure. Number three. Oh, Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose. They've got one playoff series win in 23 years, Canty. That's not going to get it done. Number two. Michael Malone, who keeps knocking his team the other day, says they're going soft. Well, maybe the coach has got to help this team win when you got MVP, uh, an MVP candidate each and every year. Number one. And number one, the big man, JoJo. Joel Embiid. Now it's on you, man. 2-1, it's on you. First, it was Ben Simmons not wanting to dunk. It's Kawhi Leonard hitting a lucky shot. It's Doc can't coach his way out of a paper bag. Now it's on JoJo. Canty, there are my five. All right, so we, we got to break this down because mm. I, I'm surprised that you went Joel Embiid number one. Yeah, that's right. Well, 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 here's the thing, though. If the Sixers lose or they, they fall short of the expectations that everybody has on them this season, it won't be because of Embiid not playing well. Embiid has been phenomenal this year. It would be because of the others, the supporting cast, whether it be James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, or Doc Rivers letting him down. I don't think anybody would blame Joel Embiid for the Sixers coming up short. Joel Embiid, if nothing else, has turned into a sympathetic figure this year. Now, we anticipate he's going to be the MVP, so I think his game has been validated. It's just a matter of everybody else around him stepping up, so that one's a little bit of a surprise. Also surprised that you went with... Michael Malone over Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I get where you're going with the coach, but Jokic for a guy that's the back-to-back MVP and was the front-runner to win MVP <laughs> for the lion's share of this season, how, how could you not say that he's under the most pressure given the playoff performance that we saw from him last year when he was an absolute liability facing off against the Golden State Warriors in the first round? I, I just I don't know how you don't put more pressure on him when he's finally got Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. both healthy and available. It's the first time we're going to see the Nuggets hold since the bubble. How is there not more pressure on Jokic to justify the kind of accolades that he's received in recent memory in the postseason? Okay, well, two re- two reasons. Number one, with Malone, if he doesn't, if they don't win, who's going to go first? Riddell. Malone's going to go. So that's my biggest issue there for him. Pressure on him 
because he'll be the first one out the door. And he's sitting there calling his team soft a couple of weeks ago, or last this past weekend. And and then when it comes to Embiid, yes, you're right. There are so many reasons to admire what he has done this year. But a sympathetic figure, uh, I think the only person who has any sympathy for Joel Embiid right now is Joel Embiid. Because he's making sure to tell us now, after complaining for years about not winning the MVP, that now somehow it doesn't matter. And I'm not buying that. And ultimately, if you're that dude, you have to be able to get... God, I sound like Max when I said that. You have to be able to get the, your team over the hump. And for Embiid, can we make it to the conference finals? That's all I'm saying. If you are that guy, make it to the conference finals. I'm just saying if the Sixers don't make it to the conference finals, it won't be because of Joel Embiid. It would be because of Doc Rivers. And we saw that at the end of that Boston Celtics game last week where they tried to blow a seven-point lead with 30 seconds to go. Well, I'm operating under the assumption that they're not going to make it to the conference finals and Doc's going to get fired anyway. So that's just me. Well, if you're saying, hold on, hold on. You're saying that Michael Malone is under the most pressure because he's going to get yep. fired. And you're saying if the Sixers don't get to the conference finals, you're going to blame Joel Embiid even though Doc Rivers is going to be fired. Make up your damn mind. No, if the I coach can't is going to be ways, fired, dude. If the coach is going to be fired, then he has to be the one under the most pressure I, based I can, on your logic with Michael Malone. I can have it both ways here because Doc has been around forever oh and this is God. what everybody expects Doc okay. to be. But we'll let's get bring more in, on let's that. Bring in, let's bring in the voice of reason right now because you're talking nonsense we got to bring in the voice of reason we got our buddy espn nba reporter nick fredell who's on the call tonight covering the heat hawks game the play-in game tonight which is at 7 30 and and nick it's always great to have you on canty and carlin you're in the middle of a a co-worker spat right now because carlin is trying to blame uh, i don't know Michael Malone for the Denver Nuggets seemingly collapsed in the playoffs and he doesn't want to blame Doc Rivers. That's beside the fact. But in zooming in on this Hawks heat game, a lot of chatter around Trey Young and what the franchise is going to do moving forward. There are reports that ownership has greenlit the front office to make any and all decisions that they have to in order to move this franchise forward, which could potentially mean moving on from Trey Young. What more can you tell us about what's going on with the Hawks on the Trey Young front? Well, Mr. Canty, let me just first throw in that the Sixers ain't going to the conference finals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so the voice of reason. We, Thank you, Nick. We can, we can throw the, the blame game out wherever we want. and There's going to be plenty to go around. And let me uh, put my nomination for James Harden, who I didn't hear get mentioned there. But uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I would always point to Harden as to why a team can't get to the next level in that spot. But we'll save that conversation for a couple minutes because as far as the Hawks go, we have all been around this a long time. When you start seeing the stories that have popped out in the last year about the Hawks and about all the changes in the ownership structure and Landry Fields and Kyle Korver coming in on the front office side and Trey Young is still there and this team has not gone anywhere since that surprise run a couple of years ago to the conference finals, uh, my guess is having watched enough of these sagas play out in the league over time, if you don't have everybody aligned as this is our guy and this is the face, then at some point they're going to move him. What they get back in return and, and, and what would happen after that, we're going to see. But th- if you have a guy that everybody believes in, that you believe is the number one 
face and player of a team that can win a title, you don't see all these stories pop out. And that's what's happened in Atlanta, and that's why I don't think anybody around the league would be surprised if a move is forthcoming either this summer or at next year before the deadline at some point. Nick, how do you evaluate Trey Young? Is he on that level that he needs to be a, a, a top player in the league who is the centerpiece of a championship? No, he's not that guy to me. I have never believed that he could be that guy. I think he is a hell of an offensive talent. He's gotten better on that front over time. He's never going to be any kind of defensive stopper. But the question is very simple. Do you think that he is the number one guy on a team that has a legit chance? And my answer is just as simple. No. Wow. Uh, talking with ESPN NBA reporter Nick Friedle on Canty and Carlin. And Nick, looking at the other team in this matchup, the Miami Heat, made a run to the conference finals, took the Boston Celtics seven games uh, in order for the Celtics to, to get out of the East and go to the NBA finals. My question to you is, presuming that they get past the Atlanta Hawks and into a playoff series, they're going to be matched up with Boston. Can this team be capable of putting a scare in the Boston Celtics, or does Boston just have too much firepower? They got way too much. And, Chris, when you look at what's happened to Miami, in a lot of ways, guys, this is like the Spider-Man meme play-in game. Because a couple years ago, it was the Hawks. Oh, man, Trey Young. Oh, this Hawks team, they're on the, on the way up. This is only a matter of time before they keep pushing forward, adding the right pieces. Well, we've seen them regress, fire Nate McMillan. Here's Quinn Snyder, who I think is a good coach, but – I don't think they've got the horses to do what they need to do again, not just tonight or whatever happened tonight, but over the course of two months in a playoff run. You look at Miami last year, Jimmy, he makes that shot in game seven against Boston. This team goes to the finals. The only real true rotation piece that they lost was PJ Tucker, who really fit here and is a solid player. But PJ Tucker shouldn't be the difference between a one seed and a potential seven seed. For the Heat, this is a team that has just kind of faded. And Jimmy's been awesome. He has been awesome, guys, uh, the last couple months and when he's been healthy uh, this season. But uh, this is the issue for for Miami. They got a lot of guys with a lot of big contracts who just haven't lived up to that type of deal. Duncan Robinson for $90 million. Tyler, Tyler Hero redid his extension uh, before the season. He's a good player, but is he worth that contract? Probably not. Bam Adebayo is a hell of a player, but he's never going to be that offensive weapon that you need when you are paying a guy that level of money. So there are flaws on both sides. But as far as can Miami win tonight, yeah, because they have Jimmy. I just don't think that this team is built to push Boston because Boston is so deep and talented. Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA reporter. He's covering the Hawks and the Heat tonight. He has also spent a lot of time covering Kevin Durant over the last several years. Nick, let's go there for a second. Canty had him on his list of top five players under the most pressure this postseason. How do you view Durant with that as the backdrop? Chris, I think he's always under a ton of pressure. But I would tell you, no matter what Kevin Durant does in this playoffs or any other playoffs, frankly, <laughs> moving forward, people are going to think what they're going to think about Kevin. Uh, and I believe that wholeheartedly, and I think this all traces back to him leaving 
the Thunder going to the Warriors and them winning and so many people around the league being like, this is just unfair because of all the talent. Kevin Durant is one of the most gifted players I have ever seen in my life. He is incredible. But the narratives that follow Kevin aren't going to suddenly disappear even if he delivers Phoenix to another title. I think people are so strong in what they believe on either side of the Kevin conversation that not much is going to change. I do think he's under pressure uh, to make the Suns get to that point that they've never been able to get to, especially right now with how well Booker is playing and Chris Paul at the end of a Hall of Fame career. But he's always under pressure, and a lot of it, uh, in my mind, is is something that he's not going to be able to control no matter what happens because people are so strong in what they have believed and what they've created around him for so many years. Well, speaking of pressure, there's a team that's not in the playoffs or the play-in that's going to be under pressure this offseason, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. Now, we, we heard that Damian Lillard has no interest in being a part of a rebuild in Portland. Nick, this is starting to shape up and feel like the first offseason where Damian Lillard could potentially be available for trade. What are people in the know in the NBA saying about Damian Lillard potentially being on the move this summer? Up to this point, Chris, it has always, always, even now, been Dave's not going anywhere. He just wants to ride things out in Portland, and he wants to be that guy who stays with one team. When you start to see and read through what he said in in that press conference and you start to kind of ask around, you wonder, all right, maybe we do start to see something this summer. But uh, out of all the guys uh, that I've talked to, covering the league all this time. It's it's Lillard and Giannis, guys, and I'd throw Steph in there as well, who just never, ever seem to want to, to leave the organization that they came up with. How frustrated will he get if they go into yet another rebuild? I mean, they're just really bad right now. We're going to find out. Uh, as as the months go by, but if we were betting right now, I would bet that he would still stay there through the summer into next season, hope that things turn around. If they have another season just like the one they just finished, I think it becomes more palatable next summer. Uh, but as we know, and as the three of us have lived, uh, seeing all these things pop up, <laughs> even this year, anything is possible in this league. And just when you think things are going one way, that's usually when they turn and go opposite. All right, last one then. Just on the off chance that it does go the other way. We go Dame for Trey Young. Who says no? Hmm. I would think Portland says no. Not enough? I, I, not enough. I, and, Chris, this is the issue. Trey Young is a hell of a player. But Dame Lillard is the type of guy, to me still, who can be the number one guy on a title team if you have the right pieces around him. Trey Young's just not that guy, and this is my opinion. I've watched him. I've seen the way he's gone through things in the league. He's had a lot of really good moments, but I have never viewed him as the type of guy, especially as a completely one-way player, not that Dame is some all-world defender, but you know, Trey Young is what he is, as a guy who is going to deliver a team in the postseason over and over and over again. Uh, I just don't buy it. Uh, and in that in, in that hypothetical, I think Portland is saying, hey, 
okay, you know, we take Trey, but you better load it up with a lot of other stuff. Nick, I know it's redundant to say, but stay handsome. Thanks. <laughs> I miss you guys. I'll talk to you later. Nick Friedell, ESPN NBA reporter. He's got the Hawks and the Heat tonight. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, our dash to the draft. Mel Kuyper Jr., his 4.0 mock draft, first two rounds. He is out now on ESPN.com. He joined us earlier. And the move he sees one team making for a quarterback is surprising. You'll hear about it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Mock drafts everywhere, but there's only one or two that you really need to pay attention to. And that, of course, belongs to Mel Kuyper Jr. or Todd McShay. And Mel has a number four out right now on ESPN.com. It is a two-round mock draft. The NFL draft is just over two weeks away. Canty and I will be hosting it along with Mike Tannenbaum and Ian Fitzsimmons live from Kansas City, April 27th, 28th, 29th. Very fired up for that. And as we do each and every day at this time, it is time for the Dash of the Draft. Okay, football fans, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. I think we just need to get more awkward Roger Goodell sound <laughs> to work into our opens for Dash for the Draft. How about that? Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt, big fella. Well. No doubt. What jumped out to me, at least, and I think to you as well, in Mel's mock draft today, was the move that he has the Tennessee Titans making, moving up from the 11th spot to the third overall spot to draft Anthony Richardson. Mel was on with us earlier, 
And here was his explanation for the move. Arizona wants out. We know that. Who's going to trade up in there? I was told Indianapolis may not. They may just sit at four. So the old trade I had in Mach 3.0 of Indy going up one spot, I didn't make that move. I had Tennessee where he, you know, Anthony Richardson visited Tennessee. They, Ryan Tannehill's there maybe for one more year, and that would be a good bridge to the next quarterback, which Anthony Richardson needs a little bit of time. You know, he only had 13 starts at Florida, so he had to work on his accuracy and his mechanics throwing the football. So it would be a good situation for him. You could use him in packages running the football like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson when they had Joe Flacco here as the starting quarterback that first year, if you remember. So a scenario like that could be in place for Tennessee going up from 11 to 3. Canty, it looks like it's a a deal, according to Mel, that would look somewhat like the Trey Lance type deal, where that was the 49ers moving up from 12 to 3 a few years back. And you'll remember it cost them uh, three first round picks, including uh, their 12th pick in the draft. First, the next two years, a couple of seconds as well. If that's what that deal looks like, are the Tennessee Titans doing the right thing if they were to do that? No, I I don't know, big fella. I think you're talking about two different situations. The 49ers were a perennial playoff team that was looking for a quarterback to take them to the next level and help them win a championship. They drafted really well, and they had a a competent, capable, incumbent starter in Jimmy Garoppolo. Think about it. If San Francisco didn't draft well and didn't have Jimmy G, where would they have been this year once Trey Lance got hurt in week two against Seattle? Like they, they would not have been a team that you're talking about vying for an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl, a team that was capable of getting to the conference championship game. So, yeah, I, I think this is a different situation for Tennessee. They can take a slow approach to the rebuild. I know Mike Vrabel is a top competitor and is not interested in using the R word. But a part of this math has to be recognizing the reality of where you're at as a franchise. And right now, they are looking up at the Jacksonville Jaguars, (laughs) who are a better team, top to bottom, and at the quarterback position. So I don't think that you have to be in a hurry to take a big swing, even though we recognize that Ryan Tannehill ain't the answer. I don't think it's the right time for them to, to go after such a risky proposition in Anthony Richardson. If it were Drake May or Caleb Williams who are going to be at the top of next year's draft, that's a different story. But this, th- there's not that 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 sure flyer, the surefire high floor quarterback prospect that's going to be there at number three for them to draft. I, I just don't think they go that route. Now, it becomes an entirely different conversation if C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young were to fall to three. That would be different, right? If one of those guys were on the board, but. When it comes to the boomer bust potential of Anthony Richardson, I, it's just something about that that would make me uneasy in terms of forking over that kind of draft capital. Once again, you have crystallized my thoughts. I can't possibly do that if I were the Tennessee Titans. I would have that contingency deal already worked out uh, in advance. Like, hey, sure. if one of these two guys is there, we'll do this. Let's go. Yeah. But if not... Uh, with Anthony Richardson, it's almost eerily like Trey Lance, too, because Trey Lance hadn't played a ton in college either. Yeah, but but you were going to be relying on the supporting cast around Trey Lance to to take him most of the way there, right? Yeah. There is no supporting cast like that to speak of in Tennessee. They got rid of A.J. Brown, and they're shopping Derrick Henry. 
and their offensive line is in shambles. So, yeah, I, I mean, then they, they moved on from Taylor Lewan. They cut him in the offseason. So y- y- there's not that 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 support around a young quarterback that you need in this league in, hell, in, in order to help that guy develop and adjust with the learning curve that comes along with playing uh, at this level as opposed to the collegiate level. So, yeah, I don't feel great about that. And the one other thing that I would say about this situation with the Titans in this potential trade, Big fella, Mark Cuban wasn't wrong when he said that there are certain times where it makes sense for a team to tank. I know that's not what anybody in Tennessee wants to hear, but right now is one of those times. Yeah. When you look at the landscape of the AFC, this is a good time to strip it all down, sell off the parts, get what you can get for guys like Derrick Henry, for any for a guy like Ryan Tannehill, get what you can get and reset your franchise. To me, that makes the most sense. You try to develop the young players by giving guys looks that ordinarily wouldn't get extended extended snaps, but that's what you do in this kind of season, given what's going on in your division, given what's going on in your conference. It's not the time to take a big swing and jump all the way from 11-3 to three to go for a boomer bust quarterback. Canty, take a dive. It's time. You don't want to – I get it. You don't want to rebuild – Take a dive because it is for the best of your organization. And I got to tell you, you know, with Mike Vrabel there, I do feel like they're going to still get a lot more out of that team than maybe you normally would, right? You know, like I trust in my coach to actually maximize what talent that he has or, frankly, what talent he doesn't have. Yes, you need players to win. I understand that. But – Nobody understands that more than Mike Vrabel. I think he's an excellent coach. And if this is not a three- or four-year thing, if this is a one- or two-year thing, then I think he could stomach it. Because he sees it, too. He absolutely yeah. sees it. Yeah, this is the time to strip it down, man. Tennessee doesn't, you know, they're, they're toward the bottom of the league in terms of overall cap space. They got one of the more expensive payrolls. Go ahead and strip this thing on down, man. It makes sense. It makes sense. Get your salary cap in order. Figure this thing on out. Get 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 your financials right, and let next offseason be the big offseason when you bring in the requisite pieces to support a rookie quarterback. And you'll presumably have a higher draft pick than number eleven, so it wouldn't be as far of a reach if you do have to jump up in the draft in order to get your guy. Strip it down. You make it sound like it's gonna. The Titans are gonna be on cinder blocks before you blink. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, strip it down like you're on Webster Avenue in the Bronx, or strip it down like you're in Atlantic City at Magic City. <laughs> Kenny well, and either, Carlin. Either, either way you want to go, the the concept remains the same. Strip it on down. Kenny and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Speaking of young stars, is it just time to move on from Zion? We've got that next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. I, I think we're reaching that time. And that time is for the Pelicans to think about moving on from Zion Williamson. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And yeah, they just paid him the max contract last year. Zion Williamson is a myth at this point with when he shows up on the floor. I mean, that's the best, like, I've heard about him, but I've never really seen him. That's kind of what it feels like. He's like a unicorn? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He's like the Loch Ness Monster. People tell me he's amazing. Bigfoot. You know, but... The abominable snowman, all of the above. <laughs> wow. Well, am I, I wrong? Hate to, I, hate, I hate to put that on the kid, man, but, you know, listen, it's a, it's a moniker that's earned. I mean, you think about all of the missed time that we've seen from Zion. It, it's, it's a lot of games, brother. It's a lot of games. I mean, he has played in 114 games in three seasons. I mean, that's... You're missing 120-some games. Hundred, excuse me, a hundred and forty some games. Yeah, because there's a career. whole season that he did not play. I mean, it's, he played twenty four games his rookie year. Yep, sixty one last year. That was a seventy two game season because of the pandemic. So I mean, you know, think about that. that is, yep, you're not talking about a whole lot of games there. You played twenty one, twenty two did not play. Yeah, and he missed. He's missed fifty three games this year. Yeah, so my so, math's all over the map. I forgot about the entire season he missed there. Yeah, here's what we season. know. In four years, he's played 114 games, which ain't great, Bob. It's no, not great. It's no, not it's not great. But Canty, they gave him the bag, and we understand that they almost had to do it. We don't know when we're going to see him again. He actually mm-hmm. spoke earlier today. Here he is talking to the media. Physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of uh, when I feel like Zion. I know the atmosphere I'd be in uh, based off like the playoff experience. Uh, so now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I don't know how else to say it. I, it just sucks. Uh, I love this game. I say it over and over. For those people that think that I just want to sit on the sideline just to sit over there, I don't know why people think that. I have no doubt that this guy is incredibly frustrated with what's going on in his career. 
Yeah, I mean, think about it. He hasn't lived up to the promise that everybody thought that he would bring to the Crescent City. And then when you look at the guy that went number two in that draft in John Morant, he's one of the faces of the NBA. I mean, so like, yeah, I, I think Zion has a lot of show and prove and every player will tell you like they don't want to be viewed as a bust. They don't want to be viewed as a guy that 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 never was. They they want to live up to the promise that the team thought they had when they took him, especially if you're the number one overall pick. And so when I hear Zion say how frustrated he is, and I hear him talk about how much he loves this game, my my I guess response to that would be, well, do you love it enough to lose twenty or thirty pounds? Do you love it enough to drop the weight, to take pressure off of your lower extremities so you can be healthy and available for your team more consistently? Because that's the next step in his development as a pro. Not to say that he wasn't in good shape coming into this season, but clearly he's struggling to adjust to playing the NBA game, to adjust to the rigors of an NBA schedule, a season where you're playing 82 games plus playoffs, he's struggling to adjust to that aspect of it. And Carlin, when you have a lot of injuries, the best thing that you can do as a player, regardless of the sport that you're in, is drop weight. And and so that's the next step for Zion's development, being able to lose some weight so you can can be healthy and available. But as far as the Pelicans are concerned, they got to see this through to the end. Because if they try to trade Zion now, if they try to trade him now, they're going to get pennies on the dollar in terms of their overall investment. I, and, listen. and when you see the potential, even when we're talking about 29 games this year, the guy averaged 26 points on better than 60% shooting. That's hard to give up on. So I, I, New Orleans is in a spot where they're caught betwixt and between, and they gave him the bag, so they might as well see it through to the end. Listen, I, I don't want to see it through to the end, but while I would not trade him now, this second, I agree with that. Maybe I look into... Hey, uh, let's see if we can get a half a season of him healthy and then see what things look like and see where we are as an organization. Now, I understand how tempting that is going to be, but Canty, I'm starting, am I wrong to start believing here that he's just never going to be even a 65-game player per season? Like, that's all I want. I don't want 82. Give me 65 games a year in the postseason. Am I wrong to be... Doubtful, dubious of that, doubtful of that. No, you're not wrong. I understand where you're coming from, but think about how Joel Embiid's career started in the first four years of his career. He only had one season over 60 games, and he's. A- Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. <laughs> 